Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman, and today we're doing things a little bit different because Bishop Rhodes is not here. Instead, we're doing a best of show. So joining us is Executive Director here at Redeemer Radio, Cindy Black. Thanks for being here, Cindy. Sure. And we also have the producer of the show, Miriam Schmitz. Hello. We'll uh, get to know your role a little bit better here in just a little bit. But before we do, we always like to start with the Angelus. So if you'll join us in prayer, our intention for this Angelus will be for Bishop Rhodes and the ministry that he does here in the diocese. So if you'll join us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary. And she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. On this special episode, host Kyle Hyman is joined by Redeemer Radio's Executive Director, Cindy Black, and me, Truth and Charity producer, Miriam Schmitz, for a look back at some of our favorite show moments so far. To check out all past episodes, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. This is Kyle Hyman here without Bishop Rhodes, but instead we have the Executive Director here at Redeemer Radio, Cindy Black, and the producer of the show, Miriam Schmitz. So to start off, maybe we can explain a little bit, Cindy, you're kind of the one that was involved in the behind the scenes of getting the whole ball in motion. What originally gave you the idea that we should do a show with Bishop Rhodes? Well... Other radio Catholic radio stations have their bishop reg- on for a regular show. And then at our 10th anniversary mass, Bishop Rhodes challenged Redeemer Radio specifically to offer more local programming. Uh-huh. So that was my in for <laughs> Bishop to put his money where his mouth was. And, uh, and then it grew from there. So that was uh, not even a year ago? It was December. Yeah. Yeah. And then when did you actually approach him about it? I think we put together the proposal and sent it to him right after spring share So it was the beginning of May. Uh-huh. And he responded yes and had a first recording date in July already. Yeah. So he didn't waste any time. So what was your idea of what the show would look like whenever you first said, hey, Bishop, do you want to do a show? Was it like it is now, or was there kind of a different Well, the show is better, but kind of the structure is very similar to kind Uh of what I envisioned. Um, But the content has just been really good. I I love listening to it. We've had some listener feedback. Can you share maybe some of what people have shared 
The one thing that I hear most often is that they like just how personable Bishop is on the radio show, that oftentimes when they encounter him, he's giving a formal homily or something like that. So this is just a sight, a way to see a more relaxed side of him and his more human um, personality coming forth. So that's been a big piece of feedback. Now, Bishop actually gave me some feedback. I saw him... um, Oh, about a month or so ago. And he said, Cindy, I knew I should do a show for Redeemer Radio, but I kept thinking this is going to be so much work. And he said, I underestimated how much fun (laughs) I would have doing it. Oh, good. So that was like a huge affirmation that our listeners are enjoying hearing it. And he's enjoying getting his message out there, just just chatting and, and sharing of himself and his heart with our listeners. Yeah. And maybe as a bridge to talk about Miriam's role here, when did you first start thinking about Miriam being involved in the show? It was not long after we said this is going to be a lot of work that we can't add to our current staff. And Miriam was involved in Redeemer Radio quite some time ago, and then she filled in for Andrea's maternity leave. So. Uh-huh. She just seemed like a natural fit. And with her other, the other things she does, writing for Today's Catholic and her um, um, work with the um, Fatima Apostolate. Yeah. And besides the work that you've done here at Redeemer Radio, you've been involved with communications and broadcasting for a long time. Right. That's what I went to school for, for broadcast journalism. Although my first, this is a good lesson for all of those high school graduates (laughs) in discernment Uh of of career. My first semester in college, I was a chemical engineering major. But hmm. Wow, I, what a switch. Yeah, <laughs> but I failed chemistry, and I got a <laughs> D in calculus. I was the one constantly breaking the beakers and the crucibles <laughs> and that type of thing. So clearly, after one semester, it was not a good fit for me. I switched to broadcast journalism, radio and TV, and then I worked in radio news for a little bit, um, maybe a couple of years combined. And then when we moved to Fort Wayne for my husband's job, I switched to teaching communication. And um, when Redeemer Radio came about 10 years ago, I, within a year, I started volunteering. And then as Cindy said, I took a little break when my fourth child was born, but now he's in kindergarten and my time has freed up a little Mm -hmm. bit. So, uh, So this show came right at the exact perfect moment. One of the things we're going to do here in a little bit is share some of our highlights, but maybe just on a broad spectrum, what is some of your favorite things about the show? Anytime we can get Bishop to laugh. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Which we have some of those. Yeah. We have some of those come up. We'll play some clips for that. Right. Uh, I always like whenever he shares just kind of personal things. Not, Not like it's really like digging deep or anything, but just kind of just he's a normal guy with things that he likes or dislikes and whenever he talks about anything from a movie to a sports team or just some of those regular kind of conversation things yeah it's just to echo what cindy said it's that personable approach that um he he has and he's just very laid back and very approachable and it just makes everything so much easier and so much more fun for for us to work on it and i'm glad it's translating for the listeners too well one of the things maybe peel back the curtain a little bit, we can explain. Uh, First of all, if people submit their questions, and they can do that online or by texting, 
And we'll give that number, you get your pencils out right now. We'll give it out in just a few minutes. So do you organize the questions to fit a theme or anything? Or do you just kind of take them in the order that you get them and stick them in the shows? A little bit of both. Um, Sometimes if I can group them together where they're similar questions in the same segment or the same show, I I go for that. Mm -hmm. But I always try to end the show on a question that's light. Because like I say, I I like to hear Bishop laugh. And I like Uh that to be the last thing that people hear. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the the questions that people submit online, or if they call the Holy Cross College text line uh-huh. and leave a message that way, or send a text that way, it comes to me. So I I funnel through them, I organize them, and uh, after somebody, if if it makes air, then um, I send that person a follow up email and let them know that your 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 question will be answered on this upcoming show, and here's how you can listen. Yeah. And we have to give a big thanks to Nathan Prue and the folks on the seventh floor over at the Archbishop Knoll Center for lending us a little bit of space and some time to record. So that way Bishop can just kind of go up the elevator. We can record the show there. And uh, it's it's been a great blessing to be able to, to do that and uh, to br- kind of bring the show to him instead of making him kind of come Yeah, it would be much harder on him to schedule travel time to get here. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've noticed, which I thought was interesting, I didn't necessarily expect this, but one of the options whenever you submit your question is, would you like to remain anonymous? You know, we'll let you know when your question's on and stuff like that. But if you don't want your name to be public, a lot of people choose to be anonymous. Yeah, I'm surprised by that, too. Which is totally fine. It is fine. Totally fine. But yeah, that's that's why as you're listening to the show, you may notice that that you're you're saying uh, somebody asked this question or here's another question right. and it's because people just normally don't but yeah. whatever you're comfortable with is totally fine yeah all right well coming up we'll have some highlights from the show and you can listen to past episodes by going to redeemerradio.com slash ask bishop or you can check in the app or wherever you get your podcast also redeemerradio.com slash ask bishop is where you can submit your questions or by going to the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And coming up, we'll have some of the highlights from previous shows right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity. Bishop Rhodes is not with us today. Instead, we are doing some highlights. I'm Kyle Hyman, joined by Executive Director here at Redeemer Radio, Cindy Black and Miriam Schmitz, the producer of Truth and Charity. And Miriam, you went through some of the your favorite moments, and other people kind of submitted some suggestions and ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was from when Bishop Rhodes was actually a priest at the time. Right. Yeah. And he has such great stories of meeting who are actually legitimately canonized saints. Right. Including Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Right. Yeah, I remember when you were recording this with Bishop hearing him tell this story for the first time my jaw hit the floor there were like (laughs) tears in my eyes i couldn't believe it because it involves his mother meeting mother Teresa. Uh so at this point um then father kevin rhodes was uh in rome his mom and you'll hear him in the clip mention this as well but his mom decided to join a parish pilgrimage to rome so they were there together and just through the way the day worked out, 
his mom unexpectedly got to meet Mother Teresa. Yeah. All right, let's check it out. But one of the best memories I have is my mother. My mom was real devout. And when I returned to Rome to do further studies as a young priest, I had a pilgrimage of my parishioners. It was St. Patrick's Parish in York, Pennsylvania. So my mom joined the pilgrimage. I was real excited. And my real wish and hope was I wanted her to get to meet Pope John Paul. So during the, um, the pilgrimage, and there were like, I don't know how many people, maybe about 40 people from the parish who came on the pilgrimage. But like, I really wanted her to get to meet Pope John Paul. So we were at a Wednesday audience and we had really good tickets. It was near the front, but we weren't close enough. So she didn't get get to meet him. Uh So I was real sad and I didn't let on that I was disappointed. So after the audience ended, I thought, oh, why don't we go? I'll show them San Gregorio and they can meet the missionaries at charity, that would be good. My mom would get to meet the sisters, because I was close to them, you know, they were just wonderful, wonderful uh-huh. women, joyful. So we went up to to San Gregorio, and the sister was a German sister, answered the door, who was probably the one I knew the best, she was wonderful. By the way, she's now the superior general. Oh, really? Of the missionaries at charity, Sis- yeah, yeah, Sister Prima. So Sister Prima answers the door. Now I had just come back, because I was home, for the summer so i just come back so she was happy to see me i was happy to see her i said i have my mom here i said this is my mother mary rhodes and oh she said so happy to meet you and all that and then sister prima took me to the side and said father kevin uh, mother teresa's here do you want me to go get her to meet your mom well i was so sad (laughs) that my mom didn't get to meet john paul yeah and so i didn't tell my mom so sister prima went and brought mother down. You should have seen the look on my mom's face. Yeah, I mean, she was speechless. She was, you know, the tears filled up. It was just such a beautiful encounter. I thought, wow, this wasn't part of my plan. I didn't even know Mother Teresa was in Rome. So that was really special. And then I'll never forget Mother Teresa said to my mom, thank you for giving your son as a priest for the church, as a priest of Jesus. It was just meant so much to my mother. So that's probably the most, I'd say the, the, you know, the best memory I have. That was good. And he has so many stories of meeting St. Teresa of Calcutta and saying mass for the sisters and me thinking like he gave homilies to Mother Teresa. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's another thing he said in that same show was he never really knew when she was going to be in Rome, but right. once in a while when he was saying mass for the missionaries of charity, there she would be in the back. And she would come up afterwards and yeah, talk with him talk. and thank him and yeah. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but I think sometimes I, I hear over and over again from people that are listening to the show how lucky we are to have Bishop Rhodes in this diocese. And I have to think some of his holiness, some of his leadership qualities come from his interactions with these literally saints. Like literally, he met with and talked with canonized saints and that had to have rubbed off on him. So awesome. Speaking of, another story that he told about another canonized saint that he got to interact with on several occasions is Saint Pope John Paul II. Right, again, no big deal. No, it is a big deal. Uh, the question you had asked, I think it maybe came from a listener. I'm, yeah, it did come from a listener. The question was, who's your favorite saint? 
Uh-huh. And he said he has two favorite saints. Right. One is St. John the Evangelist, and that was an, an interesting conversation. His uh, confirmation saint, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah, because he had a very deep reason for choosing St. John the Evangelist. And I remember you asking, yeah. like, is that normal for uh, an adolescent to have such a deep yeah. thought process going into their confirmation saint name? And he explained that there was a, a religion teacher he had, a sister, uh-huh. who was very instrumental in in his faith formation. So that was one that was one of his favorite saints. And the other one he said was St. John Paul II, mm-hmm. who, of course, he spent time with in right. Rome. And he actually served Mass with him, served as a deacon, mm-hmm. right, Yep, with him in Rome. And uh, so here in this clip, he shares a couple of his, um, of his memories with, with him. The first one is the fact that he, Bishop, was in Rome when St. John Paul II, uh, the attempted assassination happened. So mm-hmm. that, that's how it opens. Yeah. I think probably the most traumatic thing for me was when he was shot. Hmm. And I mean, we had such high hopes, so much excitement as young seminarians. And I'll never forget that day and running down to St. Peter's Square and, um, you know, his blood was there on the ground. Um, and then we prayed in that square that night, not knowing if he was going to live or die. He was in surgery, you know. I think when I heard his words the following Sunday from his hospital bed, and his first words he said was, I forgive the man who shot me, and I'm praying for the women who were shot with me. I just, you know... That was such a moving event. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the, in the square, but it just showed here he was, the love and mercy that came out right away. And then when he went and visited the man who shot him in the prison, that famous image of him sitting there with Aliashka. So I think that's kind of like indelibly in my brain about John Paul as that example of mercy. On a personal level, in my own times that I spoke with him, I think what moved me the most was his prayer. I mean, I felt like when I was a, served as a deacon for him a couple times, I felt he was in another world hmm. when he was praying. Like he was having some kind of mystical experience. He'd have his eyes closed and there'd be like sounds coming out that I felt he was in some kind of deep communion with God when he prayed. Like I never wanted to interrupt him in his prayer. He had that, uh, he was a mystic, I think. Yeah. He would do that, right? Lose track of time and prayer, like go into prayer and all of a sudden... Yeah, you'd have to kind of shake him out of it. I remember once before Mass, he was there kneeling before getting vested. I tell this story sometimes at confirmation. I I was one of the servers and there were all these, I mean, probably tens of thousands of people waiting. It was a Mass in St. Peter's Square waiting outside. He knelt down to pray before he put the vestments on. And there were just a few of us in the sacristy with him. And like five minutes went by, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It was time for Mass, and he wasn't moving. And I wasn't like going to go over right. and like nudge him. <laughs> yeah. uh, the MC eventually did. And he got his vestments on and began the Mass, you know. But, but there he got, he would get lost in prayer. Yeah. Um, when he would be in, when he was visiting the United States, I heard about this Cardinal Keeler in Baltimore. Like, they tried to keep him away from the chapel because he wouldn't get enough sleep. He'd spend so much time in prayer in the chapel, and they wanted to make sure he got enough rest. Yeah. So he loved the Eucharist. He, was, he loved the Eucharist. 
We're sharing some highlights from Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes today, and you can check these out at RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop or through the app or wherever you get podcasts. The one that we just played was from the July 26th episode, and the St. Teresa of Calcutta at the time, Mother Teresa story, was from the September 6th show. So if you want to go back and check those out, July 26th and September 6th. Uh, we're going to share some more clips here with Miriam Schmitz, the producer of the show, and Cindy Black, executive director here. And uh, one of the things that he had said he wanted to talk about were these saints from World War II. Right. And so he shared a little bit about Maximilian Kolbe. Right. This this particular clip comes from the August 9th show, which is right before St. Maximilian Kolbe's feast day, August mm-hmm. 14th. So it was a good a good tie-in. He starts off by talking about St. Maximilian Kolbe's life um, as a priest, his Marian devotion, um, and then how he ends up in Auschwitz. And that's where the clip starts. Um, Bishop explaining what happens when, what happened when in Auschwitz a prisoner escaped and how that led to Mm -hmm. Maximilian Kolbe's martyrdom. When a prisoner escaped from Auschwitz, the, they would kill 10 prisoners. The Nazis would kill 10 prisoners in retaliation for one escape. Uh-huh. So they had the prisoners lined up. And as they chose the 10, this one man cried out, please don't take me. I have a wife. I have a kid. I have children. They need me. Mm-hmm. At that point, Father Colby stepped forward and said, take me instead. The guards just kind of sneered and laughed and said, okay, we'll take you. So Father Maximilian Colby and uh, the other nine prisoners were were taken to a, uh, a bunker and uh, left there to starve to death. And while they were there during the days of starving, no food, Father Colby encouraged the other prisoners. He prayed with them. He, he sang with them kind of helping them to be ready to, to die in that starvation cell. He led them in praying the rosary, singing hymns. So he brought love yeah. into that, that awful experience that uh, he brought holiness. So the starvation cell didn't uh, defeat him. Hmm. It became someone, a writer once said, a tabernacle in the cruelest part of Auschwitz. It's like God had snuck into hell. So two weeks went by, and the prisoners were dying one by one, and it was only uh, a few left by August 14th, which is the vigil of the Feast of the Assumption of Mary. So Father Colby was one of the four left. So the the SS decided things were taking too long, so they killed them with injections of carbolic acid. And Father Colby, by the way, forgave the guard executioner Mm before he was injected. So he, I mean, amazing. And he wanted to die on the Feast of Our Lady. He was murdered on the vigil of the Feast of the Assumption, but then his body was taken to the crematorium on the 15th. And his death shocked the whole camp. But in a sense, he lived our Lord's words, love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what Father Colby did. He laid down his life for that one prisoner. 
so powerful, right? Again, that was from the August 9th show. You can check that out in the archives. And uh, what was your favorite part of that? I love when Bishop says, he, he's quoting somebody else, but he says, it was like a tabernacle in the cruelest part of Auschwitz. It's like God snuck into hell. Yeah. I love that. That's, that gives me chills thinking about that. Well, and then we think about some of our sufferings and it puts it in perspective right. and that God is there with us in our sufferings. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, you can go back and listen to past episodes or ask your question by going to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And coming up, we'll have more highlights from Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, including some uh, things that happen behind the scenes that uh, are sometimes out of our control. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll share that with you. Uh, This is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity. I am Kyle Hyman here with Cindy Black and Miriam Schmitz. We're uh, doing a little best of show, sharing some of our highlights and some of the behind the scenes things. And speaking of behind the scenes, this isn't necessarily a highlight. Uh, <laughs> although this in, during this clip, he's talking about the church's need to reach out to people and especially young people with special needs and I, everybody needs to go back and listen to that if you missed it. It was a great explanation. This clip doesn't necessarily do that justice, uh, but but during it, we we had uh, something that we couldn't control. They were redoing the paint on the outside of the Archbishop Knoll Center, and they just happened to be working on the window of the room that we were recording in. And so we're recording, and you just hear this scrape, scrape, scrape. <laughs> and so we stopped for a little bit, and we said, well, let's see if they stop. And they did. And there, eventually there just wasn't anything that we could do because there's seven stories in the air working on this window. We couldn't just ask them to wait an hour until the show is over. We couldn't w- ask them to, like, can you scoot over to another window? <laughs> They're dangling off the side of this building. Although I will say I did I did ask Nate. So while, while you <laughs> While Kyle and Bishop are – in the the studio recording there's a window and i'm looking in and listening in on what's going on and then you mentioned the audio engineer nate prue is Uh is running the board and so as we were hearing the paint scraping going on and i was figuring out what was happening i literally turned to nate and i said I will go outside and ask them to move. And <laughs> I just like, imagine, like yelling up from the ground. I was I had no shame. I, it was like going into protective bear syndrome. You yeah. know, like I, I will go up there and ask them. But Nate was like, they are seven floors up. I don't think they're gonna hear you. I'm like Yeah. So but unfortunately th- I mean we're recording in downtown Fort Wayne. Right. So these not only you know, is that type of thing going to happen, but then also and I'm just going to pull the curtain back a little further here, you'll sometimes hear um, construction noises, right. like the sounds of a construction truck beep, uh, backing up. Right, you'll right. hear the beep and other things. Or, yeah, a siren every once in a oh, while. Oh, yeah, and sirens. Mm-hmm. And so we've done what we could to reduce the sound of the scraping for the broadcast. I actually undid any of the efforts that we've made to to, to stifle <laughs> the scraping. Raw. So you can hear what this actually sound like with the scraping going on in the background. If you were listening that day and you were wondering, what is that noise? <laughs> um, but sometimes we can't have control over everything. 
there's a, a range, obviously, of types and severity of autism. We speak of autism spectrum disorder. And I've read a statistic that one in 150 of American children have some type of autism. They fall somewhere on that spectrum. Uh It can be very mild or it could be pretty severe. You can totally tell he's distracted. But he did such a great job of explaining that. And he had done his research or something because he he knew all of the different aspects and, and ways that we can interact and, and ways that we need to be reaching out as ch- church. Uh, and I thought he did a pretty good job of maintaining his composure while there was all these distractions right, going yeah. on. Right. And that's actually another point to hit is Bishop does know ahead of time the, the basic subjects that we're going to be talking about, and he always does such a great job preparing Yeah. so that when he comes into the studio, he has a stack of books or papers or something to help him refer to as we're going through the show. So actually that may be another noise you hear as you're listening to the show is papers shuffling and that's Bishop flipping through to make sure that he gets it accurate. Yeah. And you can check out what he had to say about those with special needs in our parishes in the September 13th episode. And uh, it was, I I thought it was an excellent one. Uh, There was another time that's, I actually kind of thought he might do this. This was not rehearsed at all. It might sound like it if you listen to it, but we were talking about the Feast of the Seven Sorrows of Mary, and Mary, you actually were the one that had a list of what those seven sorrows were, which, I don't know, if I had to think off the top of my head, maybe I would have came up with three or four of them, because it's been a while since I've really thought about them. And so I asked Bishop if he would explain what it was, and he flipped the the table and and asked me to do it luckily i had the, the list there otherwise uh, i would have been uh, looking fairly foolish but i i did have some to read off there's seven sorrows associated with our lady can you explain what those are well kyle i think it'd be good for for our listeners, if if you would be able to name all seven sorrows. You know what? I was afraid you would do that. So I I did a little research and was looking them up. So I, correct me if I'm wrong here. The first one is at the prophecy of Simeon, where Simeon said, you yourself shall be pierced with a sword so that the thoughts of many hearts may be laid bare. And that's in Luke. Uh, the second one is at the flight into Egypt. It said, get up take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, which I think this has a lot of uh, interesting tie-in with the uh, immigrant situation that we've been talking about with the Dream Act and DACA lately. The third one is having lost the Holy Child at Jerusalem. Uh, The fourth, meeting Jesus on his way to Calvary, which there's that powerful scene. Have you seen the Passion of Christ? Oh, yeah. A powerful scene where Mary is watching Jesus walk up to his crucifixion, basically. The fifth one is standing at the foot of the cross. And it says, near the cross of Jesus, there stood his mother. And she's watching his crucifixion. The sixth one is Jesus being taken from the cross. And th- that's kind of powerfully represented in the Pieta. Michelangelo, yeah. yes. And then the seventh is at the burial of Christ. Did I? How wow. did I do? 
Kyle, I'm impressed. <laughs> I can read. I can read. I, I didn't have those memorized <laughs> by any means. So that was also the September 13th episode. And that was awesome. uh, he always threatens that he's going to, he's like, yeah, if I don't ever know an answer, I'll just have you answer it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think he knows better <laughs> than to actually have me answer these questions. That worked out well. But yeah. Uh, another thing, anytime I talk to people about highlights, almost everybody has said when we had the high school students on. Right. What, how did that idea even come about? Do you that remember? That was Bishop's idea have the high school yeah, students on? Yeah, to have students. And so we just started brainstorming together and um, this this idea came about. Uh, so we had three teens from the youth group at St. Pius the Tenth Parish in Granger uh-huh. drive over to Fort Wayne. Megan Swain brought them down. Yep. 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 And they um, had their questions and it was a great show. Not only did it kind of uh, spice things up a little bit, like it was it was a something different for us but the questions that the teens had were outstanding they were um very mature and thoughtful and theological it was great yeah and we flipped it so we usually have a discussion and then we ask questions in the second half this time we did the questions in the first half so that might kind of spur some questions that bishop would have for the youth in the second half, uh, but what we I didn't anticipate at least was him responding to the very first question with more questions. Right. And so he just, right from the get-go, starts engaging the youth and asking them questions and kind of getting to know them a little bit better. And so this is one of those examples. This is the first question, I think, right? The first question. So the teens knew that there was going to be discussion, that Bishop was probably going to be asking them questions too, but... I don't think they realized it was going to be like you said right off the bat. Hi, I'm Jeff Murphy. I'm a junior in high school. I go to Marion High School. And my question for Bishop is, how can I develop a strong prayer life when there are so many demands on my time? That's a great question, Jeff. And Jeff, I know you and the other two young people here today are from St. Pius X Parish in Granger. And uh, I recognize you because I understand you served at the new St. Pius Church dedication. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'll get to yours. (laughs) But how do you like your new church? I love it. It's a beautiful church. You have two priests there. I'm going to put you on the spot. (laughs) Okay. Monsignor Schooler, and then you have a newly ordained priest. I don't know if you've met him yet, Father Eric. Yeah, I have. He's Are they doing person. a good job? They're doing a great job. <laughs> okay, so if they're listening, <laughs> yeah. okay, I just want to check. You know, I want to make sure my priests are doing well. And I know you have two wonderful priests. Right. Monsignor Schooler is just fantastic. And, and I was so happy to ordain Father Eric, who has so much joy and is going to do a great job. And um, you're a junior at Marion, and yeah. Marion's such a, a great high school, too. Mm-hmm. How do you like Marion? Actually, I am transferring. I haven't gone yet. I am. I was homeschooled last year, oh. and I'm transferring uh, to Marion uh, this upcoming school year. So, oh, that's wonderful. I yeah. think you're going to like it a lot. Yeah, nice. I'll see you there because I I visit the high schools. Right. Yeah, very good. I'm Great. glad to hear that. Now I'll get to your question. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see that. I mean, you can hear that rather that that rapport that Bishop has with them and just that let's get to know each other type of thing. And that's just awesome. Completely spontaneous. Yeah. 
And just as a little teaser, we'll hear a little bit more about Father Eric right. here in a little bit. Because <laughs> Father Eric actually submitted a question. Right, right, yeah. So we'll get to that a little bit. You can go back and listen to all of these past episodes, including that one, which was the August 23rd show, uh, through any podcast app. Just search for Truth and Charity if you listen to podcasts, or through the Redeemer Radio app. We have the audio library there. Or go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop, where you can also submit your questions or you can text the Holy Cross College text line with your questions, 260-436-9598. And coming up, we'll have more highlights from Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. Bishop Rhodes isn't with us today, but instead we are discussing the show and some of the highlights. I'm Kyle Hyman, here with Cindy Black, the Executive Director at Redeemer Radio, and Maryam Schmitz, the producer of Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. And one of the questions that we had, uh, it wasn't one that I was expecting, but it was, a, I thought, a really good question. Yeah. We've actually had multiple questions about the hats that Bishop wears. Right. Right. And this question was, it's from our second show, from the July 19th show. So basically right off the bat, the uh-huh. question from a listener was, why does Bishop change hats during Mass? Uh-huh. And I have wondered that same thing. What, what's the, why, when? Why and when, right. Yeah. Yeah. So Bishop goes into an explanation of the hats and when he takes them off, when he takes the miter off uh-huh. and all of that. And then he goes into things that, I never thought about, but (laughs) surely it's a very practical consideration. The size, it has to be the proper size, and Uh the challenges that come with finding the proper size, and then where to purchase them. Right. Yeah, so all (laughs) all in this clip. Why does Bishop change hats when he celebrates Mass? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the Bishop has two hats. Uh One is the Zucchetto, that's the little skull cap. Uh, purple in color uh, right on the top of the head but uh, and the bishop can wear that also outside of mass especially if he's in his cassock etc he wears the zucchetto it's Uh called Um, but i think they're referring to the miter that's the large pointed hat with the two flaps down the back the miter and sometimes you know i go around to our schools children will always ask that question yeah and then i get asked them to think about it i said Uh think about when i took it off and when I put it on. Can you remember when I would put it on? Do they remember? Oh yeah, oftentimes they do. So I wonder how many of our listeners, if they think about that or next time, maybe I shouldn't answer the question and then have you come and try to figure out. (laughs) Basically, the rule of thumb is this. Anytime I'm speaking to God, it comes off. The miter is removed when I'm praying. Speaking to God. When I'm speaking to God, the miter comes off. Uh When I'm speaking to the people, it's on. Like when I'm preaching. Uh Also, when I'm listening to the readings, it's on. Hmm. But notice it's off when I listen to the gospel. So that's kind of because the gospel is special. We stand, for example, during the gospel. But basically, you'll notice all during the Eucharistic prayer, the liturgy of the Eucharist, it's off. As soon as I go to the altar, it's off. Okay? But when I'm giving a blessing, it's on. I'm giving a blessing to the people. When I'm preaching, it's on. When I'm walking in the procession Mm -hmm. or in the recessional, it's on. How many do you have? 
Oh my goodness. I, I've gotten so many mostly as gifts. I probably have about a dozen. Of each? Well, no, they're oh, of, of, and of the miter. Of miters. I think there's most of them are white, um, but there are some of different colors. I prefer white miters with they could have some color in it, but that's the traditional thing is to have the miter be white. Some are more decorative than others. The important thing for me is that they fit. Uh-huh. Because when they're too tight, I get a headache, <laughs> and and then and then I take it off, and there's this band around. You can see it; yeah. but it was pressing into some, my skin. Some miter head, yeah, miter like head. head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, it can't be too big, or it'll go down over my face. So, <laughs> yes. so you got to get the right size. It's funny they have sizes, uh-huh. but I don't think it works <laughs> because sometimes I'll get the size and it's too tight. I rather I so before buying one I always like to try it on. Uh-huh. But anyhow, it's it's it took a while getting used to putting it on and off, but now I'm used to it. Pope Francis, I, I think a lot of popes have done this tradition where if you buy a zacchetto for the pope and you give it to him, he will put it on his head, and if it fits him, he'll give you his old one. If it doesn't, he just gives it right back to you, <laughs> which either way you still have a zacchetto that the pope wore. That's right. Have you ever had anybody present a no, zacchetto no one, to you in, in I, exchange for the one that you're I wearing i don't think so i don't but if anyone wants to do that my size is six there you go All size right. six no, actually no. they're not cheap by no the way. <laughs> no do they sell them at the cathedral bookstore no i no. think you have to be in like you have to get them online or something yeah Things you never think about. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that miter head. That just, that stuck with me. I like that the sizes don't seem to actually matter. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, kind of like, like jeans. Or, or, right. or baby clothes. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who picks out the sizes on those? All right. Well, that again was the July 19th episode. If you want to go back and listen to that and more. Uh, also, we mentioned that Father Eric Bergner submitted a question and his was about food. Right. It got Bishop to chuckle a little bit. Yeah, I love this one, too. And this is actually the only question that I've received so far from a priest. So if there there's any go. other priests out there that would like to submit a question, RedeemerRadio.com slash Ask Bishop. We'd there be happy to hear from you. Well, one last question comes from Father Eric Bergner from St. Pius X in Granger. He asks, what's your favorite food? (laughs) Father Eric, I can't believe that you would call in that question. Does he know the answer already? uh, Well, I tease him about his diet, so I know (laughs) that's why he's doing that. Um, Father Eric, I just ordained Father Eric for our listeners uh, and Father Dennis back in June. Two wonderful new young priests, and uh, I'd always get on Father Eric's case to make sure he was eating healthy and getting the proper <laughs> exercise. So that's funny that he asked what my favorite food is. But anyhow, I was just at a Tin Caps game in Fort Wayne, and I discovered uh, what <laughs> something that was really good that they told me is a big Indiana dish, which I've been here seven and a half years and I didn't know it, but yeah. veal tenderloin sandwiches. Okay. And it was really good. Yeah. But that's not my favorite food. I would say, <laughs> Father Eric, it would be a healthy Mediterranean diet, Italian <laughs> and Greek food. And I'm part Greek, so I love Greek food, Greek yeah. salads, Italian food, all kinds. Uh-huh. Olives? Olives I can eat. <laughs> I used to, I I used to get scolded by my parents because they would open a can of olives and I'd eat the whole can. <laughs> yeah, I love olives, especially black olives. Yeah. <laughs> Do you cook? Uh, you could call it that. I usually heat things in my microwave. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Bishop. Somebody bring him some meals. <laughs> he just heats things up in his microwave. All right. Well, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app. Just do a search for Truth and Charity, or you can download the Redeemer Radio app and find all of the past episodes there. And thought we'd close in a prayer for priests that was available on the USCCB's website. So if you'll join me in prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of our priests. Through them, we experience your presence in the sacraments. Help our priests to be strong in their vocation, set their souls on fire with love for your people. Grant them the wisdom, understanding, and strength they need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Inspire them with the vision of your kingdom. Give them the words they need to spread the gospel. Allow them to experience joy in their ministry. Help them to become instruments of your divine grace. We ask this through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns as our eternal priest. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting this program.